With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> What's the matter? Nobody gonna talk? What's the matter with you people? How can you sit here and talk 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 like this? They broadcast me out on the radio. We're mass communicating. I'm glad we had this conversation. Jay Talkin' with Bradley J. WBZ News Radio 1030. WBZ News Radio 1030. Michael Coyne is in the studio, and he is the dean of the Massachusetts School of Law. Thanks for coming in. It's such a pleasure. Always a pleasure to be here with you, Bradley. During the month, stuff piles up when you're not here, and you've been gone six. Yay, yay the six weeks. <laughs> I'm a little long because with the new year and... Um, I was supposed to be on trial down in Connecticut last week, so uh, luckily uh, we've got an extra week, which means we have an extra week's worth of materials that is that have come up in the last six weeks. So we get a lot to talk about. We'll start with Jeff Bezos, the antics, the adventures of Jeff Bezos, who's super rich, 137 billion bucks. He's getting a divorce, and somewhere in there, he did some sexting to his lover, and. We have questions. For one, is courting. Have we got to a place where sending private or pictures of your private parts is is the thing to do? Is that okay, or is that still weird? I mean, I don't know how you want to frame that question. Well, but that 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 is how how I framed it. <laughs> to me, and maybe I'm just too old. It seems like a um, a horrible way to court someone because I don't see how it's very effective at. Um, conveying a sense of romance to uh, your would-be partner. And I think it is much more likely, as we've seen from case after case at this point, from the standpoint of both civil and criminal liability, the the Me Too movement and, and incidents like this with respect to uh, divorces where all of these text messages and pictures uh, of private parts come up, that it has seriously damaging consequences. And you would expect... Um, that smart people would have some understanding of history and how this has been working, that to, to stop creating such a, a body of evidence that then ultimately is used against them. And, and it's not just going to be used against him in his divorce case um, to potentially the tune of 60 to $70 million. He's the billion, billion dollars with a B he's going to have to part with uh, to his wife as a result of a community property settlement here. But I think it also will cause problems at Amazon with respect to his investors and his board of directors because um, it's a kind of a foolish action that reflects uh, poorly on his judgment. And I could see where he's going to have to account to that as well to his board of directors. So the at the end of the day, the question is, well, so why do people keep doing such a what I think is a foolish thing that didn't your mother tell you? never to do these types of things, and why would you possibly think that this is effective? Maybe we've reached a new place, and this may be a rhetorical question, but why is it that the President of the United States can do what he did 
talk about grabbing women's privates mm-hmm. and have affairs. Do I have to say allegedly on that, or is that? No, I think you can say that. That's pretty much a given, both okay. of those things. Okay. Why is that okay? He doesn't suffer for that. He gets to still be president of the United States, where Jeff Bezos, who's just a guy in a company, uh, would suffer. Well, but but that I guess is the question: is is the is the president the standard for proper decorum? And just because a public figure or other individuals do certain things, that really doesn't make it acceptable. It doesn't make it uh, something your mother would have told you is an appropriate way to act. Um, and what's kind of funny about this, on a on a side note. Um, is that uh, Bezos is going through this divorce now, and he's got a girlfriend, and he's do- having these sext- sexting-, sexting exchanges by phone with her, and the president is criticizing him for <laughs> his behavior in that regard, where obviously the president has not been a shining example of someone who has honored his various uh, marriage vows <laughs> over the years or conducted himself appropriately with um, members of the opposite sex, as uh, Michael Cohen and others can testify. To. As far as this, the divorce goes, isn't it possible that his wife already knows about this? Uh, I think it sure is. But there's also, especially with divorce cases, as those cases are moving to resolution, um, their feelings can become very hardened and feelings can get in the way of what would be good business judgment. When this type of thing comes to light, oftentimes uh, it makes it a much more difficult job to try and reach a, a an appropriate and uh, uh, correct settlement because feelings get in the way of logic. And I could see where the mother of his four children um, could look at some of these text messages and some of the exchanges and, and say, what the heck? Um, you know, after because she helped build the business, that's part of this uh, that ultimately will be reflected in the value of the settlement. Uh, she was there side by side over these 25 years helping to build Amazon. Uh, it is a community property state, so she will uh, likely receive somewhere between 60 and 70 billion dollars before we're done. Uh, but this could reflect uh, 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 hurt feelings as well and may make a, a reasonable right. settlement that much harder, which again says, what a stupid thing for a smart person to do. I suppose Mackenzie may be all right with the fact that those things might have happened before, but now it's almost insulting it, that additionally insulting and hurtful to have these things be public. Well, and that, that is precisely the problem here is that, okay, even if I knew you were unfaithful and did certain things, I don't need to know the the explicit language you used with your new lover um, and how you told her things that I did and spoke to you about in private and that now you're sharing some of our more private, mo- private moments and your own private parts um, with uh, your new uh, paramour. Um, that's going to make it a much more difficult to to reach an appropriate settlement in all likelihood because feelings have now gotten away. Divorce cases probably more than any other. Um, it's not always a matter of business and logic and what the law says should be done. Um, there's way too much emotion oftentimes wrapped up in some of those issues. And they oftentimes those emotions make it very, very difficult 
um, to, to do what ultimately the court may do, but it may take years later because people aren't willing to sit down and really think about what's logical and appropriate because of those hurt feelings. And I, I could see, I have no doubt with messages like this and with these types of exchanges, um, if, if, if it was um, your girlfriend or my wife or, or someone close to you, um, that they would make this would make it much harder to reach uh, an appropriate resolution of those matters. Yeah, as I think of it, it's one thing to have done things privately, and you're not in, you're not embarrassing your your wife. Your but when you do this, there's an embarrassment factor that is magnifies. Okay, so Bezos has 16 million shares. Yep, his wife stands to get eight. Yes, and that's still another issue as to how ultimately. Uh, she she stands to get half of whatever they've got. The question is, uh, is there a way to properly divide that so you don't dilute the voting power or the, the block of those shares together? So in essence, we know that she should be getting, she's likely going to get somewhere between the equivalent of 60 to $70 billion. Now, one easy way, as you pointed out, is just give her half the shares of stock. Well, if you do, you you dilute that now two people have 5% each, say, instead of having the 10% together, which gives you a pretty powerful uh, ability to control the board and the like. She may not want to have anything to do with him in that partnership, though, of controlling. She may not, and he may not want her, especially if her feelings are hurt, to have any control over whether he continues to be able to be the president and make uh, major decisions on behalf of the corporation. He may prefer to somehow figure out a way, and this, you know, the numbers are almost staggering, to figure out a way to finance uh, uh, $65 billion, give her the cash as opposed to the stock, so that he has the ability to still control the Would future. Would he have that choice, or could she insist on the stock? Uh, no, he, she has the ability to get half of the value of what they've I got. See. How that's arrived at, she could go to trial and ultimately get an award, or she can. they can figure out how to achieve the equivalent of splitting these assets equally. But it doesn't have to be, in essence, you get the right half of the car, I get the left, you get half the stock, I get the other half. It can be the the court can look at the assets and divide them equally, but not the, by asset group, by total amount of assets should be divided uh, likely by the end of the day, um, so that each gets half the assets before we're done. She could she could end up controlling more than he does. She, she could buy somebody else's stock. Yes, she could sell hers as a block to say Walmart, which is a conservative group, may not like having Bezos, the sexter, be part of it. And with her shares and Walmart shares, maybe they'll have enough to force Bezos out entirely. Yeah, she she could make, and this is, again, why all of the actions are quite foolish under the circumstances. She could make his life and control of Amazon a living hell uh, if she should so choose to. Uh, on the other hand, um, they can resolve this amicably if they want, and and that's why these types of activities, and we've seen it too often, uh, just don't make any sense. Uh, and they don't make sense from the standpoint of looking at liability, looking at um, s potential civil uh, responsibility for it, and even criminal responsibility, depending on 
uh, what text messages are exchanged. And you know the other part of this when we talk about sexting and text messaging uh, of sexually explicit nature, what a lot of our kids don't realize, high school students and the like, is that exchanging those pics, exchanging pictures of their girlfriends in compromising positions or their boyfriends, um, ultimately can be the equivalent of distribution of child pornography and can violate both federal and state laws. So people don't think enough about the potential serious implications to these types of activities. Um, and again, maybe it goes back to, to lessons our parents taught us is keep your private life and your private parts private. All right. Now here's something that uh, it's a legal question. It affects everybody that walks. Yesterday, <laughs> yeah. the day before, I Michael, I put a call out to the listeners to help me find a bright orange, high-visibility, warm winter jacket because I walk a lot. And I was particularly concerned because of the recent uh, accident on, I believe it was on Com Ave or somebody, where someone, a woman who had survived the marathon bombing and had kind of come back, was struck down by a motorist while in a crosswalk. Right, Adrian Haslett, uh, who had lost a leg in the marathon bombing, uh, was walking across Commonwealth Ave in a crosswalk and was struck uh, by a motor vehicle, struck by a motor vehicle to the point uh, where she needed surgery and may well and will need, they say, now another surgery as a result of such serious injuries. Um, and you wouldn't think, if you're in a crosswalk, you would think you should be safe, even from a Boston driver. Uh, but the fact is she was not and, uh, again, was seriously injured, uh, this time simply trying to cross Commonwealth Ave, uh, not as a result of a terrorist act. Now, when I cross certain streets like Harvard Ave up in Brooklyn, up in uh, Coolidge Corner, there are signs that says, it is a law that you must stop for someone on a crosswalk. I can't remember if it says it's a state law. Is it a state law? Yeah, it's, it's actually, you know, as it, when you sent me some of this material, I started to look into it a little more deep, deeply. Um, and the fact is, is that if you remember, when we got our licenses, we had the driver's manual. Um, and the, there are various laws with respect to um, that, that exist throughout the state if we're going to drive. And one of them is, it is state law that you must stop for people in a crosswalk. Um, and the fact is, is that people do not obey all the traffic laws. And um, they should, because obviously it's not only... Uh, injuries like this that can happen, but you also expose yourself to both criminal uh, liability, more of a civil infraction here for the fine, but also if you hit someone like that, then you also then have civil exposure for their damages because you are in fact at fault. You violated the law by not stopping for someone who's in a crosswalk. The problem is the fines for uh, both um, hitting someone in a crosswalk and then there's a, the corollary to it that I wanted to look at is, is the jaywalking aspect of it. So people aren't always, it's not just the motorists who aren't always following the law. Sometimes pedestrians aren't either. But for um, violating the crosswalk law, it's only a $200 fine. Um, that's not a lot of money. But what's interesting about it to me, and there's been some push over the years to change this, but if the person is the pedestrian and is jaywalking, so to the point where they may well be contributing to their injury, the fine for jaywalking is only $2. Uh, that hardly seems enough to discourage proper behavior on 
the part of the pedestrian. Seems like it must be an old statute. Uh, Yeah, I think it is an old statute. There's been some push from time to time to change it, to increase it uh, to $200 or even more. Uh, But at present... Um, if we were to not use the crosswalk and we just decided to, to, to cross the road without paying attention to, to the laws with respect to that, it's really an insignificant amount of money right. that, that one is exposed to. So I guess we would ask you folks if you think that you should raise the fines for jaywalking and for blowing, uh, blowing through a, a crosswalk with people in it. You, when you drive in here, you see you come down off whatever that is, 16? Route 16. And there's this really swoopy, loopy bunch of on-ramps and off-ramps. With, like, when I walk through, I have to go through four crosswalks. And the people don't stop. I'm standing there looking at them going, you know, with my arms up, please stop. And they just blast right through. Now, with me waiting there, do they have – I'm obviously waiting to go across. Do I have to be in the crosswalk for them to stop or uh, – if they see me waiting to go across, is it incumbent upon them to stop? I think you need to step into the cross. You have to actually step into the crosswalk. Now, I wouldn't step far into the street, but you have to actually okay. be in the crosswalk so that they are obligated then to stop for individuals who are in the crosswalk attempting to cross the street. Otherwise, you could be standing on the corner waiting for a bus, so they might okay. not recognize that. What if... You were in the crosswalk, enough to be in the crosswalk, and you had your camera out, and you knew this person was going to blow through, and you videotaped enough videotape to display that you were, in fact, in the crosswalk, and that this person did not stop, and you got their license plate on the video. Would that be evidence enough to get the person in trouble? Uh, it could be, and you know, uh, some of the the speeding cameras, when you see them, it flashes, your speed is X. Yeah. Some of those devices actually have uh, take uh, the ability to take photographs with them as well. Same thing with respect to red lights, some of the intersections. There are uh, cameras that are activated if, in fact, you cross against the red light. And they will automatically then, the city or the municipality would automatically send you tickets as a result of that. So we don't necessarily need a live person to see the violation in order to pursue it. And under the circumstances, depending on how egregious it was and whether the uh, police department in that town really wants to enforce the traffic laws, they may well accept the assistance and follow up on that, track down whose license plate it is, and follow up on it with respect to to a violation. Because as we've seen with Adrian Haslett, uh, the fact is when it's a, a, a pedestrian versus a 2,000-pound motor vehicle, the pedestrian is never um, going to, to win that battle. And oftentimes it's going to be quite significant injury. So right. I, I would have thought by now this whole uh, education about – State law, you must stop for an individual in the crosswalk, would have taken hold. But the fact is, is that there's still far too many motorists right. that don't pay attention to that. And I'm wondering whether, in part, some of that's a cultural thing. You talk about around here that people think that they just keep, they don't care whether you're in a crosswalk. Right. A lot of times, people think that Boston motorists or, motor, you know, mass motorists especially, um, we don't care about, uh, traffic etiquette at rotaries. We don't care about uh, laws on speeding. 
and perhaps we don't really even care about crosswalks, texting with your what, distracted driving, all of that. You know, far too many of us far too often push the limits of what we should be doing and 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 perhaps not only a negligent but create criminal liabilities there. Yeah. Uh, is that uh, – why do we do that? Why America do- is, I feel – a scofflaw nation. We are a nation of scofflaws. Well, is it all of us or is it us in the Northeast? People tell me that people in the Midwest are very polite and courteous and follow the law even when, when no one's right, watching. maybe the Northeast. Then. Is it just us? Or, you know, and are we unfairly taking our main friends with us and people in Vermont who might be a lot nicer than us? Is it just, is it just us? Because with all the people here... We're always in a rush. We always got to do something, and we want to do it faster and uh, quicker than anyone else. And it, so is it just us? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but I would personally ask you all to honor the crosswalk because you don't want to be the person that runs down a mother and the two kids. And you and uh, remember, it's also not very Christian to blow through a crosswalk. It's certainly not the golden rule. You may have to answer to a higher power someday for blasting through that crosswalk. What about me on my it's bike? A sin. What about what me about on my you? bike? What, about, you, what you, about you? Can you get off your cell phone and move over a little bit so oh, that I, yeah. don't, I don't think you're going to wipe me out on my bike? Yeah. And I know people don't often like sharing the roads with the bikes either because there's some bikers who don't follow the rules of the road. Do either. you bike a lot in in traffic? Um, I my home to my to my work to the law school is about eight miles. When the weather is nicer, a couple times a week, I will take the bike there and back. And I'm on city roads for the most part, trying to get there and get back. And uh, there are times where the traffic is a little tighter than certainly I would like I it. Wor- I actually worry about that. I don't, I don't know if I like that. I, don't, I think you should rethink that. I, I hear you because there's parts of the road, which one part uh, I'm on for about a mile is incredibly busy. Probably traffic is running at around 40 miles an hour, and there's not a good bike lane, not not a bike lane at all, that you do, I do worry, and my wife worries, that um, it isn't safe to do. Uh, I enjoy it. It's good exercise. Um, I, but I, 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 list, I hear that. Um, that it may it's not the wisest thing to do. You you've had your share of injuries anyway, <laughs> right? You don't need yeah, another yeah, one. Yeah, you know what? You don't you, you don't you don't stay as well together as you get older. And yes, I have had my share of injuries. Thankfully, right now I'm I'm on the men, so let's hopefully it's getting better. But but I hear you, and I do take less risks riding the bike now. Sometimes I'll actually drive the it with the on the back of the car for a mile and a half and take what it would be it leave off the part of the road that that poses a much greater risk than others the thing that caused this current injury that you had your leg there is probably far less risky behavior than the bike um i don't know whether being right. on a ladder is less but i, I we don't know you. the numbers yeah but but right i want i that is an interesting and plus especially in the boston area we've seen now a few people who, between uh, riding their bike and being in a collision with a truck, have lost, in recent memory, have lost their lives riding a bike in Boston um, because of the, the extensive traffic and the safety issues. So it's, you're, you're, you're not wrong by saying that riding a bicycle can be a dangerous activity. Now, we get into Michael Flynn. 
Did Michael Flynn commit treason as a sentencing judge suggested? Do you think he should serve a, you know, is he just thrown the country under the bus? Should he serve a lengthy prison term in this administration uh, to a greater extent than the others? Is this administration to a greater extent than the others full of scoundrels and is he one of the worst? So Michael will start, but I throw that out there to you folks. And do you stick up for Michael Flynn because you stick up for the president and all the president's men? Or did he... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. We really violate our trust and endanger the country. Michael. Um, I think as the sentencing judge said, and now ultimately the sentencing of Michael Flynn was postponed, uh, to give him a greater chance to cooperate with the uh, investigation and perhaps offer additional testimony and assistance to avoid a jail term. But I do think the judge uh, certainly got his attention and our attention uh, when he suggested during the, the plea hearing and the sentencing hearing whether Michael Flynn should have been charged with much more serious charges along the lines of treason because the judge said to him that he felt, in essence, that he sold out his country, sold out his president, sold out his vice president by not providing them information that he was working for a foreign power while he had this significant position in the Trump administration. And, and, um, and working for a foreign power means getting money from the foreign power. Well, getting a lot of money from a foreign power. You know, some people dismiss it, oh, it's a relatively small amount of money. You know, the fact is, is if that you're, you're in that position in the administration and you're getting any money, uh, that potentially creates uh, an influence where you could have the interests of this foreign power over the interest of your who right. should be your where your allegiance lies, which is this country. And especially for someone who his life was dedicated to the military, it's kind of surprising that he would potentially dishonor the administration, dishonor his fellow service people um, by dishonor the military. Yeah. And 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 by not uh, coming forward and and either not accepting the position within the administration or uh, making sure it was sufficiently disclosed. The problem is if it ever was disclosed, he never uh, would have received the position. I don't think it rises to the level of treason because of the, the legal definition of treason, but I'm sure that there are uh, other federal statutes which call into question the propriety of it. And, and I do lean 
uh, to the notion that this deserves a jail term, even though the government isn't asking for a significant jail term. Um, it seems to me to be quite a, uh, a violation of trust that in order to deter others in the future and to properly punish um, Michael Flynn's behavior here, um, that should likely uh, require a, a prison term of a couple of years. Michael Cohen is, looks like he's going to be serving four years for his role in various criminal activities. Uh, I'm not so sure Michael Flynn um, shouldn't receive some period of incarceration where he has time to reflect on um, the dishonor he's brought um, to those around him, including his country. If Michael Flynn had done what he did during a time of war, then that would rise to the level of treason. I think it would, and I and I think others believe that as well. Um, the fact that he has been cooperating with the investigators, the fact that he has provided uh, at least the, what they tell us is significant information that has furthered the investigation, obviously those things are important. He came forward early, and so that matters. Um, and it certainly should matter to all of us that the government feels his cooperation has been of such help uh, that they don't seek uh, a significant incarceration for it. Uh, and again, part of we just don't have access to all that information yet. Hopefully we will at some point. Um, and I think that's what his lawyers hope in taking the judge's suggestion that perhaps we should defer sentencing, see exactly the full extent of your cooperation and what its effect has been on the investigation, and at that point decide whether you should receive a uh, prison term of some length or whether you should be uh, treated with more leniency because of how much assistance you've offered the government. So as I understand it, Mueller's team, Mueller, recommended no jail time for the cooperation, but the judge views this as a, an extremely serious thing and over and over again said, hey, Flynn, this is serious business. Are you sure you want me to sentence you now? Maybe you want to cooperate more. Right. Maybe you'll get, I'll give you an opportunity to cooperate more. And he said initially, no, I'm good, right? Right. And But, but see, the thing is, with respect to cooperating, there are federal sentencing guidelines, which would talk with respect to each crime. It says what the general standard for sentencing would be, the expectation would be. And then there are factors that can reduce that sentencing uh, under the guidelines. One of them is the cooperation, that if you cooperate, that is a factor in con to consider in favoring leniency. And so what the court was suggesting is that to the extent that you provide more cooperation or additional information, that would, to a much greater extent, support the government's request for leniency than what I'm looking at right now. The court doesn't have to accept the government's recommendation. What they do generally have to do is follow the federal sentencing guidelines, which are oftentimes quite clear, but depending on the mitigating factors can offer a significant reduction. The court just didn't see, couldn't see the value of the leniency as, as offering the type of um, mitigating factor that would require then either no or very, very little jail time. The court thought that because of the seriousness of the charges, uh, that it would be best to defer uh, it until a later point where Michael Flynn's cooperation might be, to a much greater extent, known and valued 
so that perhaps the court could avoid sentencing him. I want to ask you about Michael Cohen and what's happening and why it's happening and the consequences, the extrapolations of what might happen. So why is he testifying? How did that come to Well, to we had a change in the makeup of Congress and the House of Representatives, the Democratic Democrats now control. Um, and they have chosen to hold a hearing where they have asked Michael Cohen to come in and testify about his knowledge of uh, President Trump's activities. And he has agreed that he would come in and testify on the record about uh, in, answer, in answering their questions with respect to some of those activities that um, are likely going to be found to be improper, uh, criminal perhaps as well. We know that there, Michael Cohen was charged with um, felony counts of um, improper uh, violations of the federal election laws. And in part, he conspired with another person to violate those laws. Person one. <laughs> person, person one who happens to be person one. And so, you know, it's... That's an unnamed conspirator. Right. What, what happens if they name that conspirator? Is that conspirator on the hook? Well, they, they, he's, he's actually on the hook at any rate. He just, he could be already uh, indicted, except there are rules that prevent that, and just not... Uh, made public at this point. He meaning the president. Yeah, for all we know, um, there may well be indictments out there, except the Department of Justice has a policy that a sitting president can't be indicted, and there's some law that supports that as well. So it, it Is that in stone, and is that for all crimes? No, it, it is not in stone. It is an interpretation uh, by the Department of Justice lawyers, and there is some open question about whether he could be impeached the, the, I think the majority of lawyers feel that um, the way the process would work is if you believe the president has committed high crimes and misdemeanors, then first he has to be impeached. Once he's impeached and no longer the president, at that point then he could be indicted. But that is the, uh, what many believe is the appropriate process to follow, not that he can be indicted and then impeached because there's an argument that the sitting president has far too many important things to deal with than to have to deal with either civil or criminal cases of that sort. Right. So you have to impeach them first um, in uh, the way the many people interpret the, the law. Um, and it, so, go ahead. So, well, so Cohen is going to come in and testify about what he did and when he did it, what the president knew, what the president uh, directed him to do. Um, and, and right now... He has said that he has uh, done nothing more than what the president told him to do. And the president's argument is that I hired a lawyer. I don't know the law. I'm not a lawyer. The lawyer should have. So he's putting it squarely back on Cohen. And Cohen is saying, what, what the hell did I know? Mr. Trump, who was a millionaire and obviously a very highly successful politician, directed me to do certain things, and I did them. Um, in part, sometimes knowing they were legal, illegal and other times not. But whatever I did, I didn't do alone. I did it the direction of uh, President right. Trump. One of the values of having him testify, and tell me I'm not a political guy, one of the, the values of having him testify in front of, in a public hearing is that when Mueller makes his report, he hands it in, and there's no guarantee that report gets to the public. 
this way you ensure that at least some of that does get to the public. And, and that's correct. Now, uh, Barr has testified, the president's nominee for the Department of Justice has said that he intends uh, to not stop the investigation if, if confirmed and that he believes that the report uh, should be made public or at least the great majority of the report should be made public because the public has a right to know. This is what he said in anticipation of being confirmed. Uh, let's hope he's being truthful. But he can and, just change his mind. But he can change his mind, or the president could change his mind for him, which we've seen him issue directives to subordinates before as well. So at least at present, he's saying that he would make it available. But but yes, that's part of the reason to hold the hearings is for the Democrats to be able to provide this information so that it can't be kept hidden uh, and that the public can start to have a greater appreciation for what they think are um, the president's uh, improper, immoral, and likely illegal acts. And, and if anyone knows where the bodies are buried, uh, it would be Michael Cohen on a significant number of these fronts. Now, now my problem with this, uh, and others aren't likely to share it, to me— um, where Michael Cohen was the president's lawyer, um, to me, there is a duty of loyalty that a lawyer has to their client. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, um, and fidelity. And to some extent, I worry um, that this is a breach of that trust that should exist between lawyer and client. Now, one of the exceptions to the attorney-client privilege rule uh, is when the... Uh, lawyer and the client are jointly engaged in future criminal activity, which, at least in part, appears to be the case here. Um, but uh, even with that said, I worry um, that this is an intrusion into what oftentimes is a protected area, and I'm uncomfortable with Cohen's willingness to so freely talk about the acts of his client that, that may not be criminal, um, and, and in fact, are tending to disclose what should otherwise be confidence of a client that the client should have some ability to, to trust will remain confidential. Is there a way that a client could have broken this bond of confidentiality by some action, some hostile action, which would release Cohen from his duties? Well, that's a that's a good question, and the answer is yeah, that that may be. When you if you criticize the lawyer for uh, shoddy work, you accuse them of malpractice and the like, then one way the lawyer can defend themselves is by uh, providing that information that would have otherwise been confidential. So, so in uh, an attempt to defend himself, that information is allowed. Yes, but but here's the question: is is that what's really at work here? Or is this sort of a payback for having been treated shabbily, not getting a um, pardon, uh, and in essence, as betrayed. many people see, betrayed and being hung out to dry 
by the president. And so if this is, uh, you know, the jilted lover equivalent, uh, well, I don't think that that is a sufficient basis to disclose the client confidences if, in fact, there was you were committing criminal acts with the co-conspirator, um, well, then there's no protection for that type of activity. Uh, I just hope that if we're going to go in and have these hearings and there's going to be this extensive testimony with respect to um, the president's activities, that it falls clearly within permissible bounds under the law, because I do worry that it, it's going to reflect poorly on lawyers generally and have people worry about whether their confidences in general, their, their secrets that should remain secret are going to be maintained by the lawyer, e even in face of significant opposition. I, I think this is a, a very specific and unusual case, but, but I, I am not comfortable with how willing and free Cohen is, seems prepared to talk about the president's secrets. I think they're and I and that worries me a little bit. I guess we'll have to play it by ear and see how it comes out. But I I do worry how that's going to reflect on lawyers in general. Uh, personally, are you expecting a, a fireworks show or not? Not so much from uh, these hearings. Uh, I think Cohen has a lot of information that will be damaging to the president, and we can dismiss it by saying, well, he's self-interested at this point. He's biased. He wants to make the president pay. Doesn't mean it's not true, though. Doesn't mean it's, exactly. Doesn't mean it's not true, and I think um, the likelihood is much of what he provides will be supported otherwise. And he may, people say that there are tapes that he has to support it. I'm sure he has other evidence to support it. I'm sure many of his claims will be uh, found to be otherwise supportable as well. Can the House ask him to play the tapes? Any tapes he may have, the, the, they can the, do what they want. The House has subpoena power. They <laughs> yeah. can try to obtain the tapes themselves from him as well. He probably doesn't even need to be subpoenaed anymore. Here you go. I, I think, I think the likelihood is he is he at least has professed to take the high road. He wants to protect his family. He wants to do the right thing by his children. Um, and I do think he at least professes now to to see his role uh, as uh, being uh, appropriately there to uh, provide the public with the history of the misdeeds of the president so they understand the damage he's doing to this country. That's what Cohen says at this point, uh, yeah. when for many years he was the, the president's fixer. Kind of an odd transformation here. Well, the fixer, but also somebody who professed that he would go down to his dying breath supporting the president, correct? You I mean, take a bullet for him is Take a bullet said. for him. And he really was loyal and he was betrayed. That's what I see. He was betrayed. He, I, I don't know how he was betrayed. He was the the, the investigators found evidence of criminal activities, um, and well, what, the president started distance distance himself. He's a terrible lawyer. Don't well, get him as a lawyer. He's a he's a no good guy. Well, I do think, and that's the way I think his he feels that we were we weren't just lawyer and client. We were friends, and that you have now cut me off and hung me out to dry um, when all I did was anything you ever asked me to do. But, you know, that's this is the other part of it. I tell my students the most difficult job a lawyer has is to give their client advice that they don't want to hear. 
So when the president was telling him to do what these these things that Cohen now knows and may have known then were clearly illegal, he should have said no. People are going to ask you as a lawyer to do things that you can't possibly imagine they will ask you when you're in law school. But you have to have a pretty fine sense of what's right, what's wrong, and what is permissible and isn't. And Cohen just doesn't seem to have had that distinction or that line, that that jumping off point at all. And he should have because he should have told the president, if the president was doing illegal activity, you can't do that. That's wrong. Maybe he'll get another lawyer, but Cohen wouldn't be going to jail uh, if he had done those simple things. We have time to squeeze in Kevin Spacey. Really, it's pretty simple. We know what Kevin's. We know what the defense is. The prosecution is going to say. We know what the defense is going to say. It all kind of boils down to how the jury sees it. What is your expectation for how it goes and how it resolves? Well, I think it's a very. I think it's an interesting case because uh, fel- uh, Spacey obviously doesn't want to be convicted of a felony. Conviction of a felony for indecent assault and battery will require will potentially mean he would be incarcerated. Uh, felony carries with it a this carries with it a sentence of somewhere between potentially between two and a half and five years. It's a long time for anyone to to go to prison, but especially someone who's would be a first offender otherwise. Um, and and a felony conviction would also require him to register as a sex offender. Um, so he would like to avoid both of those occurrences. Now, uh, in order to do so, then, uh, to avoid that risk, he would have to decide that he's going to plea to a lesser offense. Now, the problem with that is that will the prosecution accept some form of, you know, let's suppose it's just an assault and battery conviction, which uh, could be a misdemeanor and would also, since it doesn't, if it's just an assault and battery, may not involve a, a sexual offense, so you don't need to register. My guess is, if I were Kevin Spacey, I would take that deal if it didn't require any form of incarceration, just probation and not requiring me to register. I'm done and out of there without that risk. I don't know whether the prosecution will accept um, uh, 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 no incarceration and no requirement to register as a sex offender. But that would be the deal that his lawyers would be looking for. Absent that, we may well see a trial, and that's where we get into even more interesting issues about how that case would be defended. Now, doesn't the prosecution have to face a possibility that they could get beat? Yes. Was that- the, this person was an adult, correct? person was 18 years old, so he is of the age majority where he could consent to so sexual activity. It's not activity. a statutory thing at all. Nope. That he's, of a, he's of sufficient age at that and point. And so the beef really is that this was an unwanted transgression. It has to be, exactly. It ha- You'd have to show that it was done with the lack of consent and it was uh, immoral type of touching to be an indecent assault and battery. And I think that the... Uh, government may well have a hard time uh, proving that it was an unwanted touching. You have a he said, he said. Exactly. They were drinking for some period of time. Prior to that. Prior to that. There are text messages and Snapchat videos that don't, uh, at least by from what we've heard so far, don't seem to support the notion that this was all one-sided on, on, on the part of Spacey. And most importantly, from the standpoint of the government's challenge and burden here, is that 
the charges will have to be proved beyond all reasonable doubt. So, right. so Spacey gets the benefit of the doubt on the consent issue, and Spacey gets the benefit of the doubt on whether it was an immoral touching. And those, those are going to be hard potential challenges for the government because the victim did not come forward uh, immediately, did not report it immediately, and what reports there are seem to to indicate that he didn't think it was so improper, at least at the outset. That's what we have for reports. We haven't seen those messages. So a couple things. Uh, Spacey's people could show that the, the kid had a reasonable expectation that this was the kind of road they were going down, a sort of dating road. And also, he could point to the, the gap and say, this is the case of cold feet. He might have told somebody about it and, and it was embarrassed. He just felt bad about it. That's what happens a lot, too. Yeah, you had remorse the next day or yeah. the next month or a year later. You told but your mother or your mother found out at, or something. Right, and the mother is the one that has publicly come forward and made the uh, most of the statements to the press. The individual still hasn't. What's shocked me is that, not shocked me, but surprised me is I think the trial judge should have taken his passport because it wasn't too long ago we saw the Uber driver faced with rape charges flee the country so to avoid prosecution. All right. Michael Coyne, thanks again. I look forward to, every, to it every uh, month. We're going to be back in about two weeks this time because you were uh, gone away six weeks. So February 4th, the day after the Super Bowl, I'll be back here. Well, after the Patriots win. Beautiful. That was another Jay Talking Podcast. If you loved what you heard, like and review the show. It helps others find us. Subscribe to Jay Talking wherever you listen to podcasts and never miss an episode. Follow me on Twitter for show updates. And as always, you can catch the show live every weeknight starting Sunday, midnight to five on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.